<laughs> Welcome back to Soul Back. This is episode 118. Uh, we've done a lot of cool episodes over the last few weeks just talking about each year in R&B over the course of the 2000s era. Finished 2000 two weeks ago. Took a break last week because it was Halloween, but we're back this week to talk about the, ep- the, the decade as an overall package. And also, we want to hear from you guys. Uh, you know, we've given our thoughts on each year, but maybe there was something we missed. Maybe there's something you want us to talk about more, so we'll have it all done here. Ed, I can only compare this to like a Simpsons episode where it's like flashbacks the entire episode. Yes, it's like the clip show spectacular. Only my Simpsons maniacs remember that one. It was one of my favorite episodes hosted by Troy McClure. I will be <laughs> Troy McClure today while Tom is Wendy Williams' butler. That's the only way you're getting paid, bro. <laughs> Shout so, to Tar Heels fan. He was one of the ones who tipped us off that we were even featured on the show. Uh, and for the people that missed out Tar on that, Tar Heels fan, you, you might have missed it, but I've gone Hollywood, man. They just <laughs> they just raised my pay on the Soulback podcast. I'm feeling good right now. Well, Tom, for the people that missed out on on this Wendy Williams thing, can you please expound, just so people yes, know what's going on? Please explain. I interviewed Don Robinson, formerly from In Vogue, and we had a great interview, and she um, kind of discussed the future of In Vogue and said she'd be willing to come back if Rona. Uh, not Corona, not to be confused with coronavirus. This yeah. is Rona <laughs> oh, Bennett. A mem- a- <laughs> well, when I saw some of the headlines, it, I was like, wait, what's going on? But no, Rona Bennett, she's actually been in the group for many years now, over a decade, yeah. I think. She's um, She kind of not took Dawn's place, but stepped in when they needed another member. Mm-hmm. And um, Dawn said she'd only come back to En Vogue if Rona left for a reunion because Rona wasn't part of the original group so this clip became viral that was the part of the interview they they pulled out and became viral Mm. and uh made it to wendy williams show she didn't cite us she didn't give us credit for airing our interview or anything or ask but it is what it is it happens it's wendy williams tell me after that whole interview which i saw by the way good job that whole interview the only thing they pulled was the most drama filled part the throw on wendy williams i am so shocked i can't believe (laughs) That the drama sold it all. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're at. Shout to Dawn. Shout to Dawn, though. That was a great interview. Absolutely. But we're not here to talk about all the gossip. We're here to talk about 2000s R&B, that era. I mean, guys, this is your opportunity, and I have some topics in my mind right now, but this is your opportunity to really talk about some of your favorite albums, and we'll touch on it. And, you know, what I want people to do right now, because we're going to be discussing it, is give us your top five favorite R&B albums from the year 2000 to 2009. And I want to compare it to your guys's and how it compares to ours. But, Ed, when you look at the year 2000 to 2009, that entire decade of R&B, what comes to mind? When I look back at that year, and we got a lot of that in our recap because I took the opportunity to kind of revisit some favorite albums, Look at some albums that I hadn't heard before and was able to kind of put myself back in that time frame. It is the most bittersweet decade of R&B that I can think of. Mm -hmm. Because look back at what we saw from the coming off of the 90s. We love the 90s and the great sea change that we saw there. And we saw that sprinkle into 2000s with like the emergence of Neo Soul and these new artists coming up. And the young artists like Usher becoming superstars and Alicia Keys. By mid-year, we just had so much promise, 
by the end of the year, things just really started going off the rails a bit. And then into the decade that we just left, we'll save that story for another time. So <laughs> I love that there was so much promise, so many hits, so many albums that have gone on to be classic. And if I'm saying it's a classic, you know it's a classic. So there are some great music that came out of it, but it's also bittersweet because I feel like it was the last decade that we got fully formed that was just good work. We didn't have to pick and choose the good stuff as we have to kind of do today. Yeah. Tom, when I look back at the 2000s, it was like a, I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's just me, but you can kind of look at the 2000s in two segments. You have, the early 2000s, which was like an evolution of what the 90s were. And then you have the mid-2000s to the late 2000s where it kind of branched off it became and became its own thing. Still with some traces of 90s R&B, but, you know, it started evolving. It had more of a hip-hop influence to it. Which, which era did you like more? Well, you could see, like you said, the hip-hop influence coming in. And it really started by the end of the decade. Um kind of evolving the genre into a place we were not familiar with R&B being at. I mean, especially if you think about artists like Chris Brown, who came in with such a traditional R&B sound for the most part. You know, he had a little bit of a poppiness to him, but still. And then he evolved to such a different place that's more hip-hop influenced, just for one example. I mean, by the end of the decade, I was really losing hope. Now, there were acts who'd come that would still catch my interest, you know, some here and there, but... What was being played on the radio really wasn't for me anymore. I was mm. I, I loved the first half, though. I mean, there was so much good stuff. And, you know, I loved the 90s, and I loved the early 2000s. I see I see mm. a, a comment here, Sweet Spot, 96 to 06. That's a great 10 years right there. Uh, yep, fantastic 10 years. So what we'll do here, guys, um, I, I'm seeing a bunch of albums that were listed here. So what we're going to do first is... I've asked you guys this off the air. Right now, I want you guys to give me your top five R&B albums of the decade. I don't know if you guys have actually compiled this list yet. I, I haven't. I have like a, a short list of like 20. And uh, I'm going to see if the people yell at me if I forget something. But um, have you guys gotten that list ready? Ed, can we start with you? What are your top five R&B albums of the 2000s era? Well, I mean, my list is kind of on record. If you go to soulandstereo.com, you can see my picks for the top 30 albums of the decade. But the top five, I've already championed them here a million, million times. I'll be happy to do it one more time. Are we going to go through all five at once? Give me your number five, and then, Tom, you can give me your number five, and okay, we'll do so how we... Yeah, yeah. We'll jump around. I'm going to show you some love right now, Kyle, because I know you love this one. Number five for me is my boy JT, his Justified debut album. Wow. wow, Tom, did you expect that from Ed? I, that, no, did not Wow, expect that. I feel like Ed's going to get hated on for that pick. <laughs> oh, Sound he, off oh, in the comments. I'm used to it. Um, before I get into mine, I just want to, I, I feel like people are going to get mad at us verbally and, and want to fight us if we miss some names. I just want to mm. shout out a couple names who are not in my top list just so I can mention them to know that they gave us great music, even though we didn't pick, I didn't pick them necessarily. Just shout out real quick to Mia, Eric Benet, Joe, John B., Tidra Moses, Brandy, Mariah Carey, Robin Thicke, Donnell yeah. Jones, Marcus Houston, Mary J. Blige. Didn't make my list, but had some great albums. I wanted to make sure they're mentioned at some point. And my just-missed list, 
is Jill Scott, Tank, Aaliyah, Avant, and Faith Evans. Okay. Wow. Now, now that's all out of the way. I don't want anyone to get upset. I want to make sure we get some names in here. <laughs> My number five, it's a tie. Between? Neo, mm-hmm. in my own words, and Justin Timberlake's Justified. Wow. And yeah. y'all just gave me all that grief for JT, <laughs> and then we got another JT coming through. You know what's funny? I'm reading the comments right now. Ed, someone says you were trolling when you put Justin Timberlake at number five, but Tom just did it as well. Well, so. uh, <laughs> let, let me just say, I was a huge, like you were, Kyle, Timberland yeah. and Neptune's Stan. I was mm-hmm. on the message boards for the Neptunes. Yep. So this is my personal preference. I'm not saying it's the best, the mm. fifth best album of the decade. But I just got to say for Neo, that really felt like a turning point. Like I felt like he was merging the, the traditional sounds with some you know, futuristic elements of R&B. But unfortunately, not a lot followed after that. In that same route, we ended up in a different place, I felt like. Mm. Um, you know what? I have a couple on my list here that I, I do want to shout out here. Uh, Justified was probably going to be in my top five, but I'm not going to get hated on by these guys like you have. <laughs> no. so, well, hell, gonna... listen. If it's your list, it's your list. I don't know, man. The comments are looking kind of brutal. So here are some that just missed the cut that I really want to um, shout out. Keisha Cole's second album, which I feel like people need to go back and listen to that again. Agreed. Great, 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 great album. Um Omarion's 21 album. This is a personal favorite of mine for those that haven't checked it out. Go check that one out. And, I mean, I can't put Ashanti in my top five because oh. Justin Timberlake was number one that year for me. So if I put Ashanti in the top five but she wasn't even number one in 2002, then kind of doesn't work. Uh, but my number five, I'm going to go with Jagged Edge's J.E. Heartbreak. I mm. love this album. Um, just one of those albums you can hit play from beginning to end. And just think, guys, in a time when we look back at R&B groups and all of our favorite R&B groups, whether it's Guy or Blackstreet or, you know, all the, all these great groups from the early 90s, they dropped like three or four albums and they bounced and they dipped out and broke up. Jagged Edge is on album number 10 now. And when we look back at Jagged Edge's discography you got to go with J.E. Heartbreak. That's their signature yeah. album. And I'm just so, I'm actually really impressed because I just made a post earlier today of, you know, and put a collage of their discography. Man, a lot of great music and you can't go without talking about J.E. Heartbreak. Kyle, I just want to address some of the comments real quick. Yeah. I, see, I, I see a lot of comments coming in on our, on our Instagram. Whoever's listening to the audio of this after the fact, remember we're live every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, usually. On Instagram Live, you could join us for a live discussion. I see Bobby Carter mentioned 112. I saw Angel in the Skies. I don't like Justified, but a lot of people do. Uh, Tar Heels fan gave us a bunch of his favorites. Bobby B's debut. Mariah Carey's Emancipation. Life Goes On by Donnell. Lawrence, Justified is an R&B album if you actually listen, despite the boy band phase. I agree Mm. with that. (laughs) I agree. Angel in the Skies is not even JT's best album, though. I would disagree with that. I would agree with that. I do think it is not his best album, but that's another comment. Shaquille Perry, is this your guys' top five or the or the top five best? I, I'd say it's our uh, what we felt was the best. So I guess that's our opinion. I, I don't know. I I don't know what else to say. Well, my opinions is facts, but uh, on YouTube, <laughs> I'm gonna oh, give you God. some YouTube comments here. Someone said, "Is Justin Timberlake even an R&B singer?" 
Uh, someone wrote Brandy's Full Moon and Aphrodisiac. Somebody's waiting for us to pick D'Angelo at some point. Jasmine Sullivan. So, a lot of great choices here. And like I said, we're only counting down from 5 to 1. And you guys are mentioning some great ones. Bobby V's debut, another great one. But let's do number 4. What's everyone's number 4 favorite R&B album of, two, of the 2000s? Yeah, I'll hit back. Um, and a lot of these albums, again, like Tom said, we can only do five. So I know people are going to be like, you forgot such and such. It came out in <laughs> yeah. 2006. You can go check out the list on Soul and Stereo. Everything y'all are mentioning is in the ma- the master list. So yeah. we can ri- recognize that these are all great albums. But number four for me, just me, got to be my girl, A. Marie. Her debut, all mm. I have, one of my yep. favorites, really become one of my favorites of all time. So number wow. four, A. Marie. Tom? My, my number four, um, I'm going with the, where you went, Kyle, Jagged Edge, J.E. Heartbreak, mm. front to back. Love that one. So there's there's one unanimous pick right there so far. <laughs> I see a comment. Callie Reakin wrote, Cherry Dennis album was my ish. I don't think that'll be making our list, but uh, definitely some good songs on that one. Oh, there actually, yeah, there's actually some great songs on that album. I'm not, we're not even going to joke about that one. That's actually a really solid album. Um, Ed, let's circle back to you about these, this A. Marie album. Mm-hmm. Um, did you expect her to drop such a banger when she first came out? Because, of course, she had Why Don't We Fall in Love, great summer anthem. But did you expect what was to come? Absolutely not. And I talked about it in our, I guess it was our 2002 episode, whenever this album dropped. No, I liked her single, and I expected a solid album. I did not expect an album of that caliber. And again, I think I mentioned this when I got that thing from Best Buy. It was like four ninety nine or five ninety nine. It wasn't even the ninety the nine ninety nine price for a standard album. So I expected a decent debut. I did not expect it to be one of the albums that to this day, twenty years later, I still love and cherish. So no, it was one of if we talk about those albums that surprise us the most, this has to be pretty high on our list. I agree. Uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to Ebony J. Uh, they've been tuning in every week, but they haven't been able to catch us live. So welcome to the club. Nice, nice. There's a bunch of us here today, but uh, we're at what? I have to do number four now, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, I'm looking at my list here. You know what? I didn't expect to put this as my number four, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Destiny's Child, Destiny's Fulfilled. Wow. I'm gonna go with that as my wow. Yeah, I, you know what? As I go back and listen to that album, like, how can you really say no to it being in the top five? Uh, I mean, you have "Soldier," which is kind of a questionable song, but aside from that song, yeah, I might have to go with that as my number four. Someone Ed, yell at me if I'm wrong, but Ed, I'm gonna... Ed, I think I think the stands are in his pocket here. I mean, this this came out of nowhere. This is not <laughs> Kyle speaking right now, is it? Yeah, I'm surprised, but I'm actually, I've got to give props here. I love that album. I think that over time it's become underrated because everyone loves writing on the wall so much, and that's a great album, but it doesn't get enough credit for what it is. So props Damn. to Kyle for this. But I'm, not- I, I will say, you have to give me an opportunity to take that one out if I forget something else later because that's oh, like gosh. a, that's a, it could make it or it, it might not make it. I'm not sure yet. It's probably a top ten for me. I can't be. Jeez. Yeah. Well, guys, I had a short list, and uh, I'm just quickly looking at it. I think I may have missed something, but carry on, guys. Number three. What's our number three here? Well, we got to get Tom's. Did he do his four? Yeah. Oh no, he did. did. Oje. Yep. Ed, 
Uh, so I guess it's back three. on your board. Number yep. three. This will be something that will keep the stands quiet because I know everybody loves this one. Mariah's Emancipation of <laughs> One of the best, I guess you could call it comeback albums, one of the best comeback albums of all time. Ain't nobody going to hate on this one because Mariah yeah. did her thing. Yeah, that was uh... – did you like the song um, It's Like That with Fat Man Scoop? Because everyone knows about We Belong Together and Shake It Off and Don't Forget About Us. But did you like the Fat Man Scoop song? I didn't hate it. I thought it was all right. It's kind of like the A. Marie album. Well, I love Why Did We Fall In Love way more than that. But it was one of those things where it was like, okay, this is a cool song. And I liked Mariah. So I didn't go into the album expecting it to be as good as it was. But it's a solid single. I see why they roll with it. No, that like much more than that. Well, because like if you play A and R, which we all like to do, and play executive, like <clears throat> when you look back at that album, Tom, do you think they should have rolled with "We Belong Together" first, or should they have rolled with the Fat Man Scoop song? Because "We Belong Together" is like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, but I feel like they had a plan for the Fat Man yeah. Scoop single. It might not have yeah. worked the way they had hoped, but they thought it would work at radio better, I guess. But sometimes that happens. You don't know how people are going to react once they hear something, so. That's true. Fat Man Scoop. That was what did he have out? Oh, he had the Timbaland and Magoo song. Was <laughs> yeah. Was the Missy Missy song out yet with Sierra? Lose Control. Yeah, that was around the, that was around the same time. Right? Was that was around the same year or so? But Fat Man Scoop was doing this thing for a while. He was already like premier hype man at that point. So That's true. wasn't shocked to see him on that. I mean, every That's single true. New York DJ plays his Faith Evans version, whatever you call that. I, mm, you yeah. know what I'm talking about, right, Ed? Fat Man and Faith Evans? The, the, the Love Like This. That. It's like he had his own version oh, of yep. it. Oh, yes, yes. I totally forgot about that. Yes. Yep, That's yep. a staple in the New York City scene that still gets played. It's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Tom, number three for you. I'm already feeling badly, guys, that I left something out of my top five. I'm feeling badly that Aaliyah's not in there. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my number three and a half, guys. All right. Three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah. Come yeah. on yes. now. Yes. <laughs> Commit player. <laughs> number three, I got to go with Alicia Keys' songs in A minor. Mm. Love that one. On the, on the episode we discussed that year, I told you guys I thought it might have been the best of the decade, and I'm standing by it. Still love it to this day. Uh, Lawrence just said that uh, I'll mention Brandy at some point. I might, oh, yeah. but I might not because I got into a fight with a Brandy stand on Twitter today. <laughs> I see another comment. If y'all don't mention Brandy, I'm going to be offended. Kyle, right. it's up to you because she's it's certainly not in my top it's five. It's up to you, Kyle, because <laughs> well, well, it already well, I, ain't in. I can tell you it ain't in my number two or one. Well, I got I got my uh, I got my Destiny's Child album that I could just like swap out and put something else in. It's it's in my back pocket if I need oh, it. Oh God. Uh, wow. What are we on? Number three now? Yep. I'm going to go with Neo's, in my own words. Wow. I mean, Tom already mentioned it earlier, but I love this album. Uh, this is one of those albums that, you know, I, I, read, I read a study not too long ago. When you're at the age of 15 or 16, that's, like, the prime of your, like, music fan career. Like, these albums define you for the rest of your life. I'm not sure if it's like that for... For, for the both of you guys, but this is an album that was a huge part of my life. Um, I remember the days when I would like walk to school and just put this song, put this album on, and just have it play. So, Neil's got to be my number three. 
I mean, oh. y'all, there are no wrong answers here. Nobody has said something that's complete garbage. So I respect. Well, you know what? I, you know what I think is cool about the Neo album? I'm what, like seven years, I think, older than Kyle. And yep. both of us can agree it's one of the best of, the, of that decade. So that just shows no you that album transcends generations. I mean, yes. which is, is rare these days for artists to do. Yeah. So I just mentioned the study of the 15 and 16-year-old defining your musical listening <laughs> career. Is this true to you guys? Does that, does that apply to you guys? Ed, um, how old, what, what were you listening to when you were 15? Were you listening to a Keith Sweat album? Probably. Um, when mm. I was 15 and 16, it was um, kind of late 90s, so probably like 95, 96. So, yes, a lot of that does define kind of, when I think back, those are my favorite musical memories. So I see that. And you see it a lot on social media today where a lot of people who came up on a certain sound, a lot of, I mean, look at the 20-year-olds today. A lot of them came up on that 2009, 2010 sound. A lot of people, which is your issue, Think that like rap was invented by Lil Wayne and Carter Three. Let me tell you, players, <laughs> rap was around a long time before that. So, <laughs> and it's because those are the times that are our formative years in music. So, I definitely see that happening, and I can you can just turn on your Twitter and see that reflected. We got another comment here. I wanted to address. One in a million is better than the self-titled album from Aaliyah. That could be debated. I think. I, I disagree. I, um, I think it could be. I, I can I see both sides. I can, I can see why someone would think that. Yeah, I've debated that mm. forever. I have not ranked. A lot of people have asked me to rank her albums. I haven't because it would be weird. I wouldn't count the greatest hits, and her first one is obviously the last one. So it would really just be a list to determine the two, and they're so close yet so different. I'm not sure which yeah. one I would say is it's better. I have uh, to think on that. Am I allowed to make my uh, first hot take of the day? Oh, no. You already did it with Destiny's Child. (laughs) That's true. Um, Well, let me read these comments on YouTube before I make my uh, hot take. Okay. Uh, Before I make my hot take, someone talked about Raphael Sadiq's Ray Ray album. They want that in the top five. Um, That's good. TQ. Wow. I haven't heard that name in a while. TQ. 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 Oh, boy. TQ. Um, Tweet. They want us to mention Tweet's album. Full Moon is the best Brandy album still. So a lot of great choices here, but my hot take... Since we're talking about Leah, I didn't actually like uh, If Your Girl Only Knew, nor do I really like mm. One in a Million. Is that blasphemy? It's pretty blasphemy uh, for 15 yeah, and 16-year-old yeah. formative years, Ed, because that was some next-level stuff. But mm. I will well, say, I, I didn't like If Your Girl Only Knew as much as One in a Million. I see a mm. comic, Hallie Reekin, One in a Million has no skips. That I'll totally disagree with. Oh, I, I no, that is nope. Disagree with you. <laughs> all right, all right. Moment. All right, let's focus here. What are we on? Shout, We're to, number... shout out to our guy, Kempire Radio, in, in the comments, starting trouble. Shout Congrats on the Wendy Williams feature that they didn't clear. Kempire, <laughs> you, might, you, you might have missed the beginning. I'm going Hollywood. My, <laughs> I'm blowing up, man. I'm famous now. No, I'm just kidding. It's, hey, Tom. It's you, a joke. <laughs> Ke- Ke- hey, Tom, you, Kempire, Oprah, and Wendy Williams can go leave and hang out. Oh, and my Apple. goodness. I'll hold this down. Um, are we on number? Are we on number two now? We are on number two, player. Okay, Ed. It's all you. Time to call some more drama. That's what I do. That's what I do. Number two and not number one is Usher's Confessions. Hmm. Uh. You so know, I'm trying I, to think I, what. I, I, I well, actually, had... I know what's number one for you, but yeah. I mean, you can See, guess by now what number yeah. one. Yeah. I, I love the Confessions album, 
people might disagree, but I feel like that there's for me there were too many skippable songs. Maybe it was just because I had the deluxe version. It was like twenty songs. I feel like there's at least five songs I skip, and I just that's for me that that did it in. No, I'm with you. I don't think that it's a perfect album. I didn't give it five stars. I gave it four and a half for that very reason. It's some stuff that's skippable, but it's something yeah. I go back to. It's a defining album for him, a defining album for the era for sure. Yes. So I got to give it love. Tom? My number two, this probably comes no surprise being in here, Music Soul Child's debut mm. album, I Just Want to Sing. And it's a good time I bring this up because I'll be talking to him later tonight. Join me at 9 p.m. on Instagram Live. It's the 20th anniversary of this album today, and we'll be discussing it. So for anyone on here who can make that, join us. But this is one of my personal favorites. It made me a Music Soul Child fan and uh, kind of you know, helped usher in, a, evolve that neo-soul sound, they called it a bit. And mm-hmm. uh, love this one front to back. Great, great, great. This was going to be your number one. I'm kind of surprised. No. Now I'm curious. Can you um, guess who mine? You guys know who mine. No, one I know is. what it is now. But really, we'll I hope that. you do. No, I don't know. Yes, you I'm, do. You do. Okay. Uh, my number two. Um, see, I'm stuck between two. Um, you know how, like back in the days when you bought CDs, you could buy like two CDs for like fifteen dollars. It's like the bundle package. Yeah, I remember. So we're gonna go with Usher's eighty-seven oh one Confessions bundle package. Can we do that? <laughs> good god um cause I love both and I want to give love to some of these other, other artists and I can't put two Usher albums in my top 5 um I love both for different reasons I feel like I love the singles more on 8701 but some of those album cuts on confessions yeah. like Superstar and Throwback like I can't really exclude those songs from this list so i'm gonna go with the bundle 8701 confessions wow i mean kyle there's people waiting with pitchforks if someone doesn't name brandy so i hope you have a trick up your hey, man. sleeve for number one hey man don't worry uh, <laughs> listen i love that album but i i'm kind of like kyle I'll, i will go to war with the fans on this one i like that album but i don't think it's anywhere near like Relax. But if it's Relax, on your yeah. list, cool. Just ain't on mine. All right. So before we uh, get to our number ones here, uh, I'm going to name a couple of other comments here. Wadner said Chris Brown's debut is number two. Uh, mm-hmm. Genuine's The Senior was great, too. I think that can be debated, but it's your list, not mine. Uh, Confessions <laughs> had no skips for me. Also a masterpiece. Ebony J, like I said, a newcomer, said... Trey's debut would be number two for me. You know yeah. what? Trey, I, I, would, I wouldn't put Trey's in my top five, but that is one of my favorite albums of that decade when I really look back at it now. And uh, when we're looking on YouTube here, someone really wants us to mention Faith Evans faithfully. Y'all know yeah, I love if, that one. It's, one of you guys I, better name that. Cause, it's uh, top ten, but not top five. I see a comment here on the same thing on, on Instagram, D. Swint Music, Faith Evans faithfully. The First Lady was also an amazing album, so shout out to Faith Evans. Yeah. Love yep. Faithfully. Uh, before we get to number one here, Ed, uh, someone wanted to know who's better, Kenny Lattimore or John B. Better what, what do you mean someone wanted to know? I don't that know. Some, asked some, someone specifically named, for Ed? Someone with the username LaFace <laughs> Era wanted to know. LaFace Era. Wow. I mean, yeah. are we talking vocally? Are we talking catalog? Catalog, John might have them. Vocally, 
I don't know. Kenny, Kenny's up there with the votes. Kenny's a beast. He's up there. Yeah. I might have to get. All right. Him anyway, I'm going to say catalog is John B. Yeah, easily. catalog is probably John B. Yeah, vocally it could go. It could go Kenny. Might have to do Kenny yeah, with yeah. the vocals. Yeah. It's kind of a monster, you know. Uh, number one, guys. The number one album of the 2000s decade. And uh, we've been talking about this for the last nine episodes now. We've been talking about all these great albums. So, Ed, what is your number one album of the 2000s decade? No surprise. I have said it before. I gave it five stars. Man, it's one of the last R&B albums I gave five stars. Y'all going to be hot about that. But <laughs> my girl... Tom's girl, but not the album he likes. The Diary of Alicia Keys, my number one. Mm. Wow. Wow. Why? Why? Yeah, why? It's a great question. That's a great question. <laughs> why? Because it's great. I feel like the first, if you go back, and someone, I wish I had seen it, someone in the comments had mentioned, went by too fast, that a lot of the hype went into the first album, which I know Tom loves, and it's fine, but it just did not grab me. All the hype and promise that we got from that first album was fulfilled on the second album. From the production, from the performances, had some of her best songs. While the first album was a lot of promise, the second album, to me, that promise was fulfilled. So that's why it's got to go tops for me for that. Mm. Tom? My number one, I think you guys might have figured it out. My boy Shaquille Perry in the comments figured it out. Hey, Marie. Yep. All I have. Oh, you know, you, you know what the cool thing is about this album, though. Like when I was younger, I think it came out in what oh two. I loved it, and now it's to me it's validation that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to music. That the fact that you guys both think it's top five as well, or at least acknowledge it's it's really one of the best albums. I know what I'm talking. I knew back then, and I know now. I'm patting myself on the back, guys. Agreed. I give props when it's due. <laughs> I only slander you when you're wrong. <laughs> All right, my number one. Before we get to my number one here, because I know a lot of people are waiting with with pitchforks. Um, <laughs> that Destiny's Child pick, am I allowed to still reverse it? Like like yes, that, like that Uno card. That's gone. That's out. All right, so uh, I'm gonna go with just to anger the people even more. I'm gonna replace that that Destiny's Child album with Justin Timberlake's Justified. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Oh my god! <laughs> Oh, man. Um, it's a good thing we're all not in the same room with everyone who's listening live. It, yeah. A brawl would have broken out yeah, by now. Yeah, we would not Toma- have heard anything but just an uproar of screams. Tomatoes <laughs> would be thrown at me. Uh, Ebony J wanted to put number one, uh, Mary J. Blige's The Breakthrough. That's top ten for me. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, that's so- probably like number six for me, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> all right, let's focus here. My number one album of the 2000s era. Um, some might know her as Ray J's sister. (laughs) Some Uh, might know her as the vocal Bible. Uh huh. Um, her fans are known as the stars. They known as some. Um, the album, she dropped three in the 2000s decade. Full Moon, she dropped Human, and she dropped Aphrodisiac. The number one album is not human, but I think we knew that already. The number one album is not Full Moon either. I think that might surprise <laughs> some people. But the number one album of the 2000s decade for me 
And Timbaland once quoted on this album and said, this is the champion song. I'm saying this is the champion album. Guys, let's talk about our love for this album here. Brandy's Aphrodisiac, no pun intended. Oh, man. Listen, I I love the album. album. It's probably not in my top 30. I love the album, though. But if that's your number one, good for you. It's it's probably in my in my top twenty, I'd have to say. But you guys have to realize this. If something is in our top thirty, there was probably good. over a thousand albums that came out in this decade. Exactly. So if some, if we could all agree something is this high, I think that's fair enough. We don't have to say, Oh, it was number five and not six. Yes, like oh I it's mean, number twenty seven. What's wrong with you? When especially in my list, I went through like dozens and dozens, like a hundred and some albums. So to be in the top thirty is a big deal. So show love. All of these albums we're talking about, it's all love. I have not heard but, anyone but mention see, a whack album yet. But let, let me explain why I have Aphrodisiac as my number one album. Um, you know, a lot of people listen to music for different reasons, right? Some people love it for the production. Some people love it for the lyrics. Some people love it for the melody. Some people love it because it uplifts them, makes them sad. I, I love this album because it taught me two words, Aphrodisiac and Sididi. So it was educational for me. So. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, so I'm I, reading I, these comments. I can't believe I see two comments. Brandy talked to and turn it up. I'm reading comments. Sididi and turn it up ruined the album for me. Someone else said I hate Sididi. Sididi is so pretty bad. I, yeah. Another person said I hate Sididi. Yeah, that's that song is pretty bad. <laughs> so, so is turn it up, though, Tom. I love turn it up, guys. That's such a groove. Come on. Uh, Wasn't that supposed to go to Michael Jackson or something? No rumor was that. I don't know how true it is. Turn It Up <laughs> went to Michael Jackson? No. Wasn't that a rumor? Well, yeah, it's like half of the songs that came out between 2000 and 2005 <laughs> were supposed to be on Invincible. Well. I feel like people just say that for clout, but it's not even yes, true. It just sounds like he could sing on it. So you know Michael was supposed to have that. All right. Mm. Wow. All right. Um, I'm out of questions here, but uh, what is... I don't know. I, I got no other questions here. Um, well, let's go to the well, comments. Yeah, let's take I mean, it to the comments. And, I mean, we can just ask them, like, who were your kings and queens of R&B in the 2000s? Who were the two male and female acts that you thought ran the decade? And, and here's another, and here's a follow-up question. Is there anyone who gave up on R&B during the 2000s and why? <laughs> and uh, my question that. to you guys is out of us three who has the best top five remember I put Brandy on my list so. oh god oh no <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest I mean I didn't give up on R&B during the 2010s but I feel like it, it was testing me in the later years and mm-hmm. then I started, start, we, we started you know I got soul in 2009 so we, I had to keep it going but man it was not easy hmm Shaquille Perry, Tom has the best top five. Oh, wow. my boy! Apparently, uh, I was doing pretty well according to CD- CDJ until I put JT over Destiny's Child, and then Aphrodisiac over Full Moon. <laughs> I was doing so well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Lawrence said I gave up on R and B when Chris Brown, Usher, and Beyonce went techno. Oh man, that was that was. What fun year times. was that? That was like was 20, that, that was like twenty twelve. That was though. they were like two halves okay. of bad R and B. There was like the techno slash what oh. was the the um e- EDM EDM yeah it was the EDM era and then we had the trap era later on. 
So those were the two identity crises we went through. Yeah. Angel in disguise. Tom has the best top five per usual facts. I appreciate you. Uh-huh. Even after I put a Brandy album in there? <laughs> Isn't your username named after a Brandy song? Wow. It is, actually. Well, hold on a second, guys. I'm reading this comment. Music's album defined my 2000s along with Brandy. Well, Brandy music defined my 2000s. Guys, where was music's debut album for you guys? Mm. And your list? I mean, where would it have made it? I mean, it definitely would have been on there somewhere. I don't... Yeah. It, I think it's his best <laughs> album. I don't think it's is up there as Tom does, but I mean, he has his personal connection to it. So I'm not going to ever take it away from it. It is one of the more defining albums of the decade. Not in, in my top 10 by any means, but definitely would be on a list on No, I, I would go with Love and Music over over his debut. Interesting. But I think Ugh. that's just... Cause a, you hate, that's because you hate Neo Soul. That is true. Okay, well then, <laughs> that don't count. That is true. Well, who who is the king of the 2000s? I mean, uh, he who who shall not be named obviously comes to mind for yeah. this honor. Uh, but, Tom, speaking of that guy, didn't you get lectured that we have to mention him because it's educational? Oh God, <laughs> did we tell Ed about this? No, you did not tell me yeah. about this. That someone was telling us how to run our brand, basically because the textbooks are going to be talking about Trump, so we have to talk about R. Kelly what? or something. Give me the logic here. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I talked about on a I mean, previous Trump episode. I feel like historically speaking, it's kind of irresponsible to act like none of his stuff existed. Because if you do that, you have to take away all the writing credits and all that stuff. That gets too weird and too sticky. So I'm okay with yeah. mentioning them. I'm just not okay with celebrating them. But if we're talking about the mm. best albums of the decade and one of the more influential people... He would be in the conversation, but I think my king would easily be Usher because he has had the most dominant presence yeah. across the decade. You know what? Um, Usher is my king too, but this is a name that didn't show up on any of our top fives. And uh, Joshua Ewing said D'Angelo's Voodoo is a classic. Oh, Where is Voodoo on your that, list? That, oh. I feel like this we argue episode, about this every yeah. episode. <laughs> I, now yeah. let me say now let me just say brown sugar it's not this decade but no. is one of my top albums of all time i did not mm-hmm. like voodoo and i promised last episode or whenever we discussed that that era i said i'd try to revisit and try to understand it i just can't guys i just i can't Boy, if it's been 20 years if you haven't gotten it you ain't gonna get it and that's cool <laughs> and as i said in that last episode i don't love it Personally, as a reviewer, I give it props. As a, re- It probably would be in my top 10 if I was as a reviewer. Would it be in my personal top 10? Probably wouldn't be in my top 100. But I yeah. understand the influence, mm. and we can't look at it as like a neo-soul comparison to Brown Sugar. It is more of a funk album, 60s era. For that, it's good for what it is. It's just not Neptune's... It ain't that. <laughs> But can you imagine if it was? I would I not yeah. like to, to imagine right that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so Usher is unanimous for the male. Mm-hmm. Um, for the female. But I will just say, I mean, let me just say one thing about R. Kelly, and then we're going to get off this topic. But I did not like a lot of the music he put out in the in the 
from 2000, 2009, or whatever this decade is. Yeah. I didn't like a lot I of it. I talked about so. this on the Cypher mm-hmm. on um, Soul and Serial. Holler at us on Facebook, Soul and Serial Cypher. But we talked about this this week. We celebrate R. Kelly, and there are a lot of fans who act like he's bulletproof. People were talking about the verses, and somebody was saying, no one could be R. Kelly. Well, R. Kelly was great until about 2003, whenever Chocolate Factory came out. Then after that, he got really inconsistent. So I understand. That's why I yeah. can't name him King of the Decade because he was all over the place. I like Love Letter. Yeah, some of the other ones were okay, but no, it was too inconsistent. <laughs> you didn't like Thoya? No, Thong? I did not get with oh, the Thoya. Thong. Move your body like a snake, <laughs> ma. That was uh, that's classic oh lyricism Boy, right you there. Uh. That video would be all kind of problematic today. Y'all would get canceled. Uh, Even that, uh, what was that huge single he had? That was like a remix. I don't remember hearing the original. Oh, Ignition? Um, I'm a flirt. Ignition, Ignition. No, I liked Ignition. Even that no, one was, I liked Ignition. I thought it was just kind of kind of cheesy. Oh, it you know, was very But cheesy. it was huge. But I liked Ignition. I liked the original better. All right. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Callie Reekin, I think is her name. Trey Song's Ready is one of my favorite. Lloyd Street Love. You must be around my age because if you like those albums... Then yeah, we're around the same age. However, she uh, also said "Music Soul Child" and "Brandy" defined her 2000. So you might have to re-listen to "Music Soul Child," Kyle. I'll try. <laughs> uh, queen of R&B in the 2000s. Two names come mm-hmm. to mind. I mean, three. I mean, if you want to put Ashanti in there, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> it would probably be Alicia Keys. That's what no. makes sense to me. No, it would definitely be yeah, Alicia would Keys. Who wouldn't it be? Who are you gonna say? Well, no, I, th- I-, I thought we're going with Beyonce. Not for the 2000s. Mm. Not for me. Really? No. That's close. That's a lot closer than, than people think. I'm just thinking about see, it. See, I didn't. See, a lot of people might albums. say, oh, she. People might say, oh, she's pop. But I, I mean, she was still doing R&B in the beginning yeah. and then kind of evolved. Yeah, I'm not calling that pop. And, and for the record, that's why earlier on I said I preferred JT's second album to his first. I feel like the second album is definitely more pop than the first. That's why I didn't count that in the list, just for the record. But no, um, I don't love Beyonce's debut. I know everybody loves it. I do not love it. So I think that the B-Day is still her best work. And Sasha Fierce, even though that was when she started getting the popularity that we have seen today, I also don't love that album. She has some big singles. I don't really like a lot of the content. Alicia was a little bit more consistent. But... Someone did mention you also have to factor in Destiny's Child. Mm. Then, if you do that, then I think she's the queen. Uh, if you don't, then I think I'll give it to I Alicia. I feel like that's a little bit of a cheat. I see the argument, though, but I feel like I would have to judge on solo material, so I'm a little iffy on that. Well, let me... I'll say, if we're going by material, like, what do I prefer? Obviously, Alicia Keys, but if we're going by who was the biggest or considered the biggest at that time i feel like beyonce was a bigger star not in the 2000s Maybe. i don't think so i think a, no? i think a lot of what you're remembering is like beyonce was big in r&b she was not what we see today until single ladies and going into this previous decade that's when she really blew up in 2000 2006 she was just a very popular r&b star I don't think she was mm. on the level that we I'm, re- well, I'm, I'm revisiting the discography. Sleep. I'm going to say I'm going to throw in a sleeper and say Mariah for that one album because it was such <laughs> a big album. 
early on in the 2000s, Mariah was looking kind of shaky with glitter and charm bracelet. But after that, I think she kind of regained momentum. I don't know if all throughout the decade she was where Alicia and Beyonce were, but I think I would put her in that conversation at least. She would be um, she would be in the combo, but I wouldn't put her at top either. Um, so we're running out of time here, guys. But I just have to read one more point that I thought was uh, that was pretty good here from uh, Wadner, and you guys will love this one. Apparently, uh, Beyonce stole Amory sound. Oh, don't start that again. People <laughs> say that. That's the one song that was produced by Amory's producer, Rich Harrison. Right? That's why they say that. I yep. <laughs> broke this down either in a post or something at some point where I, I can't even go back because it'll take too long. The timelines don't match up. Like, that's something that's been blown way out of proportion. <laughs> You're going to give my head will explode so, if I start explaining that again. Hmm. All right, I'm going to ask one more question for you guys here. Which artist that debuted in the 2000s did you think had the most promise and did they fulfill that promise? Ed, I'll start with you. For me, after her oh, debut, that's a tough one. I thought I've I've gone on record saying this, and you're gonna everybody's gonna poo poo on it because they're doing the hindsight <laughs> thing. And oh, you should have known. But no, if you were living in 2000s, you would feel me. I have said on record that I thought a Marie would be as big as like a Rihanna is today. When you consider how good that debut was, how much momentum she had when um, one thing dropped, didn't get quite get fulfilled. But to me, that's the person I thought was like, okay, she's about to do it. Didn't quite do it, but I would have been that house on her by the second album. By the third album, it ain't really work out like that. <laughs> what about what about you, Tom? Well, just to chime in on that, yeah, obviously I was big on Amory too but she was she didn't really want fame it appeared so I, don't, I mean I don't think she got to those heights because she didn't really want to which is unfortunate I think we kind of missed out on something there um I'm gonna shout out my boy and I'm gonna shamelessly plug once again Music Soul Child will be on with us live in about 10 minutes to talk about his debut 20th anniversary today but I was a big fan of him back then and he really didn't let me down at all this decade I think he released is it five albums this decade something like that do you know anyone and i'm not gonna say i love them all but i think they're really all at least above average i'd say at least two are Mm -hmm. classics very strong so and he was always someone i was wait i mean when when on my radio came out i was a little you know questioning which direction he was going and then he came back the rest of that album was actually pretty good it wasn't like it was totally in the wrong direction so He's someone that never, never really let me down, and that's why he's my boy. And today, mm-hmm. real so, quick, before you jump in, Kyle, I just want to say, on my yeah. radio gets a lot of heat. It ain't that bad. It's really not. The song? No, the album. It actually... Okay, because I was going to say, like, I might be on the wrong podcast if we like... No, the album. No, I don't no. think it's okay. that bad. Oh. No, so this- it just gets hate because of the single. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had three uh, debut artists that I thought would be really big. Um, number one, well, I mean, Ashanti, I, I thought was going to be huge. And t- to be fair, she was at one point. Um, so I can't really say that was a disappointment. She fulfilled what I thought she would. 
longevity wise, I'm gonna blame that on the federal indictment that murder oh, was please. under. Um, had nothing to do with all those songs uh, the baby in the title. <laughs> uh, the other person, or the second person, was Chris Brown. Because I, when I saw him in his music video, I immediately knew he was a star. Now we can go on for the next five hours to debate whether he's fulfilled that potential. Because um, he's still a big star, but in a different type of way, I guess. Um, his music is way different than when he first started, but... I would say Chris Brown fulfilled his potential. Um, the last one I was going to mention, someone mentioned it on, on the chat too, but Carrie Hilson. Because this was like the beginning of the MySpace era, and I was following Carrie on that. I thought she was going to be huge. Did she fulfill mm. her potential? I would mm-hmm. say no for the fact, really, she has two albums. Um, and I'm actually going to be speaking to Carrie soon, so... We'll get the history on those two albums. But for me, that's probably the person that kind of let me down is two albums. Great albums, but if it's just two albums, I can't really say that you fulfilled your potential. I got to agree. I, She's another I gotta one. I got to put it you guys on the spot. Like she was going to be the next up. Didn't quite make it. I, I got to put you guys on the spot. I know we're almost out of time. Last right. question. When you look at the 2010s, the 2000s, I'm sorry. Which which artist comes to mind that debuted in this in this decade that you would now would consider a legendary artist? Ooh. I only I have I have three. Ooh. That's all. The only three, and I will argue these names if anyone wants to argue about them. But there's to me there's only three so far. There are more to be named. I mean, I'd say someone like Neo has a bit right. more work to do. Wow. Chris okay. Brown could be argued. I'd say personally no because I don't like his mm. music. <laughs> Come but <laughs> legend is a push though but anyway go ahead tom i'm gonna go with music just personally i feel like him jill scott and alicia keys are the only three i could say have earned a legendary status and they had to debut mm. in the decade yes yes uh it's hard to, it's hard to argue that i'm gonna throw a couple more because i think someone's gonna name it john legend now Damn, John John now, Legend. It doesn't count if your last name is celebrity. I mean, he's still going. He's still on a major. Oh, he's still pushing. He never had a classic album. He's for Tom's right. So uh, I, I, I think that's the requirement to be a legend is at least having one classic. I mean, uh, well, another one someone would mention is Sierra. I, I don't think so. I think oh. she's transitioned into celebrity status, but... Musically, I don't. I don't know if I would say no. legend. Um, now we're just naming yes. celebrities here. No. That's come on. <laughs> um, I've seen people say Omarion because of what B2K accomplished. No. Uh, Tank. I mean, Tank's been at it for tw- almost twenty years now. I will whole comment Tank on that. D- Tank hmm. does have a classic album, and he has a sure. songwriting. In his, you know, in his resume, that'll be something we can debate another time. Though we don't have a ton of time, we'll, we'll do that next week. Who is a legend? Oh God, <laughs> we'll get <Yes>. killed. <laughs> I'm looking in the comments though. People, people agree with us. I see Jasmine Sullivan's name mentioned. She definitely has not done enough. Keisha Cole. Uh no. Keisha's close, mm, but I'm probably the biggest Keisha it's... fan on between the three of us, and I'm like, no. I think if Keisha had dropped one more like amazing album i think i could put her in that conversation but see but, here's the thing that the people i named all came out around like oh oh one or 2000 
I think people like our, I see names Keisha, Jasmine, Fantasia. They need more time. They haven't built up enough of a legacy yet. So I think you need at least probably 15, 20 years. That's true. You're absolutely opinion. right. And that's why I, I say this all the time on Twitter when we want to name everything a legendary, everything a classic. Like that takes time to get there. There's, to me, there's no such thing as an instant classic. There's no such thing as an instant legend. Like, no, we have time. And I don't disagree with Tom's pick. Music is borderline to me, but definitely Jill and definitely Alicia. Trey? What? No. Songs? Oh. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the last R&B star. Classic album, Kyle? I would say ready. I would say no. But... <laughs> And there we have it. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, stay tuned, guys. Uh, on our live music social, we'll be joining us as uh, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of his debut album. I think Tom will be spearheading that one. But uh, I think we'll do this again next week. Uh, I'm sorry we had to wait until the end to get to the juicy stuff, but next week it'll <laughs> be the R&B Hall of Fame. Well, we're back before, at Maybe not. Before we go, Kyle, <laughs> I had one thing to say before we go because I almost forgot about this. Yes. We got a shout-out before we leave. Thoughts and prayers to... Jeremiah. So, as many yeah. people know, he's battling COVID right now. And just being serious, real quick, putting aside any professional criticisms I may have had in the past. Look, y'all, COVID is real. I know multiple people who've had it twice. I have lost two family members to it. I have friends who got it months ago and they're still fighting off symptoms. They can't taste anything. One girl has like stroke-like symptoms. If you're a fan of hip hop, we lost Fred the Godson earlier this year. Everybody be careful. Everybody wear a mask. I know we're in the holiday season. Be careful around Mask up, guys. Be careful. Mask up. Yep. So I think that's it for this week. Uh, Ed, SoInStereo.com. Yes, sir. We got to stop by that. Kyle, we got a new edition of Love Letters Up. All the drama in that one for mm-hmm. you. Secondly, I Excellent. finally ranked um, your boy Maxwell, his entire discography. His discography is so great that I know we're going to disagree because there's really no wrong answer. But check out my ranking of his five LPs. And Tom, over at You Know I Got So, you did some explosive interviews with uh, John from In Vogue as well as Allure. Allure, Um, yeah. Allure addressed the Mariah memoir in that interview in a great way, I thought. So there was a lot of controversy. But the reality is we got a lot of their history, which was cool to hear. So yeah. check that one out, as well as the Dawn interview, which I thought was great, aside from the one quote they pulled. And then we've also got the Music Soul Child 20th anniversary article with all the quotes from his former managers, producers, songwriters, everyone who worked on the album we got quotes from. So that's a cool thing if you're a fan of the album. And uh, we also interviewed Eric Dawkins, super producer, songwriter in the gospel world, as well as R&B. So... There's a lot coming, uh, a lot we've already done, and uh, we'll keep it going next week. Stay tuned. Uh, we got to go now. Music Soul Child's about to join us. So I appreciate everyone for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode, and you guys be safe, take care, and uh, yeah, see you guys. Yeah. Peace.